Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Yo, what's going on, Busted Open Nation? And thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Busted Open After Dark Podcast with me, Uncle Bully. Pop a cold one, pour yourself a shot of Jack, and listen up. Dynamite live on a Wednesday. Once again, we're covering the whole show, but what we're really concentrating on is MJF. A good story, a good thread. MJF looking for partners for the main event. Did it work? And who were the partners, and how was that main event? I'll give you my thoughts. Also, Adam Copeland, Christian Cage, face-to-face, live microphones in their hand, setting up for the big match at full gear. Sting's last match. Will Adam Copeland be in the corner of Sting and Darby Allen? I'll give it to you. I'll break it down. I'll let you know what's going on, and I'll let you know what I thought about the setup for the big match. I'm Uncle Bully. This is the Busted Open After Dark podcast, your sister's favorite podcast. Let's get into Dynamite tonight. I wasn't sure where I wanted to start. I took notes on the whole show, as I always did. I don't know if I want to start with the huge announcement or not. I mean, I threw it up on social media and I asked the question, was that a huge announcement? And the only reason I'm using the terminology huge announcement is because that's what Tony Khan said he was delivering today in a tweet. And when I popped on earlier, Andre's like, no, no, no. He said he had an important announcement. We've been playing with these Tony Khan words with these big announcements now for months. No, he said important. No, he said big. No, he said huge. No, Bubba, you don't understand. Your sister's ass, I don't understand. He said he had a huge announcement. So I'm going to ask you guys, did you consider that a huge announcement? The announcement being that... Tickets are going on sale in the in the very near future for all in next year. Or do you feel like this is a little bit of bait and switch? Do you think this is the boy who cried wolf? To me, I don't know if I'm taking up valuable TV time with that announcement. And I don't know if you can consider that a huge announcement. Uh, Tony has a great social media following that that would seem to be a huge announcement for Twitter, Instagram, putting up a giant graphic as opposed to announcing it on television. To me, that did not come off as a huge announcement, but I'd like to hear your opinion as I always do. 877-344-4893, 877-344-4893. I met a nation member at the party, his name is Chris. He's like, Bubba, how come you don't um, ever have any guests on the show? And I said, I have guests on the show every week. It's called the Busted Open Nation, the Busted Open After Dark Nation. You guys are my guests. You guys are my co-hosts. And I'd rather hear from you than anybody else in the wrestling business. So huge announcement or not. 
I'm going to leave it up to you. And if you think it was, I would love to hear your rationale why. The show, kick, show kicks off um, with MJF and Renee, a big, happy, smiley MJF, might I add. And a congratulations to MJF. Congratulations from Uncle Bully to Max for now being the longest reigning AEW uh, World Heavyweight Champion. I love that so many people are gunning for Max and his championship. A, it makes the championship feel extremely important b it makes max a star everybody wants a piece of max everybody wants to to wear that triple b to the point that jay white's going out of his way to basically steal the strap and, and you know hold it high in the air for that camera to capture him every chance he gets we're moving on to uh claudio and orange cassidy a, a a good match right up AEW fans alley. OC, Orange Cassidy, probably been in that Detroit Rock City spot for Tony and AEW more than anybody else. Always gets the show uh, off to a high energy start. Uh, there was there was only one part of the match that I, you know, I kind of shook my head at, especially because it's Claudio. I mean, Big, strong-ass Claudio, who pound for pound is one of, he's probably top three strongest guys in professional wrestling with probably the best muscular endurance of anybody in the business. Had Orange Cassidy in a sleeper hold. Um, Once that sleeper was hooked, I was wondering how they were going to get out of it or if he, or Claudio was going to put him to sleep. And then Orange did the hands in the pocket spot. I enjoy the hands in the pocket spot at the beginning. It's levity. I love levity, even in the most serious of matches, but I don't think I can buy it in that moment in time. You're about to be put to sleep by Claudio, but then the hands go in the pocket and then... OC was able to get out. Nevertheless, the fans were behind it. And, um, you know, it, I guess it worked for an AEW fan who kind of buys into what OC is doing. Props to the ref in the first match. I'm going to say it again. Props to the ref in the first match. I don't know the ref's name because I shouldn't know the ref's name. All I know is the referee in the first match did a really good job. There was a point where I believe Claudio was on the outside and the ref started an immediate 10 count, took his time in between each number, which makes the 10 count basically a 20 count. And the fans were counting along with him. That is how you properly do it. And he also enforced his authority earlier on in the match when he threw out uh, Yuta and he threw out Hook. That allows me to buy into everything more when I see the referee being the authority figure. And we spoke a lot about refereeing um, this week on Busted Open. I think we might have even spoke about it today. And I know we're going to be speaking about it on the master's class. 
Yeah, Jimmy Cordaris called in today. Um, the the referee's name is slip is slipping my mind to uh, ref uh, Undertaker Marty Elias. Mar Marty Elias, thank you, Andre, who uh, ref Undertaker and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania, uh, Lagreca's favorite WrestleMania match, only beside only behind TLC two. <clears throat> um, so yeah, good job by the ref. Uh, Post match, Mox beating up the OC. Claudio is giving Mox an interesting look after that match. I was like, "Ooh, is Claudio taking exception to this?" Don't know. Is there is there a little bit of dissension? Did we see a seed of dissension in the uh, in the uh, BCC? Well, uh, remains to be seen. Uh, we go to the back, and here here's where we started. You know, the, the beginning of the thread of MJF looking for partners throughout the night. And like I said, good story has a beginning, a middle and an end. The thread of the show with the beginning, middle of the end was with MJF looking for partners, constantly turning down the acclaimed until the acclaim accepted it. And I liked MJF constantly looking into the camera, a little bit of levity, a little bit more levity. I dug it now out of nowhere. Here comes Wardlow. And this is what I've wanted to see. Wardlow jacks. MJF up against the wall. And all you can see was Wardlow's massive back and a look of terror on Max's face. And that look told me everything I needed to know. It was as if Max was telling me, without telling me, without verbally telling me, I have been worrying about this forever, and now it just presented itself. He knows that Wardlow has it out for him. And Wardlow told him, you don't know when it's going to come. Basically, sleep with one eye open, gripping your pillow tight. No, not playing Metallica. We are playing Motorhead. But Metallica and Lemmy have played together. Um, so I, I love the look on Max's face. Uh, told a great story. Moved on to the six-man, um, the Elite versus the Embassy for the Ring of Honor Trios Championships. I'm, I still really don't know what Ring of Honor is these days. But nevertheless, the guys went out there, and I thought it was a quality win for the embassy, but not very memorable. It, it did not feel like it was a big enough deal. And the embassy beating the elite should feel like a bigger deal. Um, I also thought that the elite, the three smaller guys in the match, were bumping the three bigger guys in the match within the first 30 to 60 seconds entirely too easily just so we could get in some house show dives that the people didn't even really respond to. That Louisville crowd is more of a traditional character story kind of fan base and crowd than it is a uh, spot fresh wrestling crowd. And you gotta and you gotta learn it. Wrestling and rock and roll are so similar. Know your fan base, know your crowd, know what they're into. When they hit those three simultaneous house show dives, there was very, very re little reaction from the people. So hopefully it does a little something for Cage and the Embassy guys. 
but uh, that remains to be seen. Hey everyone, it's Howard Bender from the Andy Up Podcast. Every weekday, Adam Ronis and I serve you up the picks, plays, and fantasy information needed to win your bets. You know, this isn't just your average sports betting show, though, for one very good reason. We won't tell you what to do unless we've already done it ourselves. That's right. We put our money where our mouths are, so we're just as invested in each bet as you are. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. Adam's trying to bring us up to speed on the relationship with Sting and what they have in common with the injuries. And then here came the heat-seeking missile himself, Christian Cage. Uh, Good back and forth, good banter on the stick. I'm still having a problem with Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne looking like background noise when Christian is out there because Christian is just so damn good at what he does that the spotlight just, he he commands it and all eyes and ears are on him. So we get uh, Christian coming out there. He tells Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne to go after Edge. And Edge bumps Nick Wayne and, and Luchasaurus around very quickly. I can understand the Nick Wayne part, but the Luchasaurus part, not so much. I get it. It's Edge. Let's keep Luchasaurus just a tad bit stronger here. I know Luchasaurus eventually came back in and clotheslined Edge in the back of the head. Nice moment when Christian slid in the ring and we had the face-to-face between Edge and Christian. The people started to boil. They wanted it. They wanted it. This is that Louisville crowd who appreciates that like WWE-esque style of storytelling. And then, boom, Luchasaurus from behind drops the hammer on, uh, on, on Adam Copeland. We're moving on. We're getting some heat. And then eventually uh, Christian was putting the boots to Dar- uh, we got the sting and Darby Allen run in for them to help out Adam. It was breaking down. It was a pure sixer. It was a slobber knocker breaking down in Tulsa. <clears throat> Adam Copeland sets up for the big spear and boom catches Christian. What the spear. So I say to myself, why now? And a bunch of people on social media were asking me, why didn't they hold off? I'm not quite sure why they didn't hold off. Maybe they feel they needed to give the people just a taste. I'm a big believer in holding off until the time is absolutely right. Adam and Christian felt like tonight was absolutely right. I respect both men's minds and their psychology. So I'm going to go along with it. Tonight was right. And the people popped huge for it. So they got a taste of what they wanted. Edge was fired up, and then he gets Sting in the ring, and he's like, you want a partner? You got a partner. So at full gear, we're going to get Adam Copeland, Sting, and Darby Allen versus Christian Luchasaurus and Nick Gage. Last year, last week, they kind of teased Flair. And could Flair do it? Massive response on social media when I posed the question, do you want to see Ric Flair be the partner for uh, Adam Copeland and Darby Allen? And I, I didn't I didn't put up a poll, but if I would have put up a poll on this one, 
I'd say 95% of you said no. No, we do not want to see Ric Flair put in this situation again, mostly because of health concerns. So I get what you're talking about. So the match is set. Hopefully, Flair is at ringside uh, for this one since it is going to be Sting's last match. It's going to be a six-man. And like, like we talked about, love to see Luger there. Love to see Flair there. Maybe see Muda there. Everybody important from Sting's past. Uh, throughout the show, we got some more good thread going on with uh, MJF looking for some partners, goes up to Samoa Joe's door, so terrified of Joe, he won't even knock on the door. I popped huge because the first person I thought about was Vince McMahon, because I always say the most intimidating thing about Vince McMahon is his door. I've seen grown-ass men practically break down uh, in tears and out in a cold sweat, standing at the door, deciding on whether they should knock or not. Uh, just because it's Vince has this intimidation factor. And I think Joe had that intimidation factor without even having to be seen tonight. MJF's like, nah, man, I ain't knocking on this door. He might just open it, drag me in and eat me. So uh, that was a uh, big pop for that. And he wrote e emo guy or whatever he wrote on Darby's, uh, on Darby's sign. That popped me. And then moving on, we got to the TK uh, announcement. And I already uh, opened the show with that about whether or not you guys thought it was a uh, a huge announcement. What I'd really like to do, and I'm going to get to callers, obviously, in the next two segments, because I want to hear what you guys thought. But I want to hear from somebody who doesn't normally call into the show or a first-time caller about the Tony Khan announcement. I want to get a fresh perspective from you, the fans, on this announcement, especially if you did consider it a big announcement, especially if you are an AEW supporter and you thought that this merited TV time. So if you're a first time caller, I really want to know what you thought about the TK announcement. Tell Ariel you're a first time caller. She'll put you right to the top of the list and I'll get with you right off the bat in the next segment. Um, moving on, we had Jericho and Omega versus uh the Don Callis family now we had the former members of the JAS in there good enough match got the job done um Wardlow not Wardlow I'm sorry Hobbs standing behind Callis at the announced position along with the other guys I wasn't a big fan of that Hobbs shouldn't just feel like some other guy in the Callis family. Hobbs should be the BMF. It's like when um, uh, it's like when um, uh, Jules reached into the bag and the guy goes, "Which one is your wallet?" And Jules says, "It's the one that says Bad Mother Trucker." That's what Hobbs is. He's the Bad Mother Trucker, and he should have been standing completely separate from the other guys there. Hobbs should feel special at all times moving forward. They did a good job rebranding him and repackaging him, especially with the way he, you know, destroyed Jericho. So we need to keep going with that. Every time I see and hear from Will Hobbs, it should feel like a step forward. Like this is the guy. I didn't get that tonight because he felt like uh, a part of the, uh, you know, just everybody else. And, and I don't want to feel that way about Hobbs. Um, we talked about refereeing today on Busted Open. And 
I'm, I, you know, I, I put over the the ref in the first match. I think it was Bryce about how good of a job he did. And then we get to the ref in the tag match, and it was Aubrey. And I'm witnessing a referee not even doing the little things that a referee should be doing. Like Jericho and Omega are doing double team spots, and there's not even a one count. I, I think AEW does like a 10 count now. That's what they said at the beginning. Like double team spots are going to have a 10 count. That's So if you have a 10 count, why can't the referee start counting? Why is this shit just going on and the referee is just standing there like they're on a Broadway stage, not even attempting to do anything? And then they introduce the bat into the match and the ref doesn't even try to tell the heels no you can't use the bat no pantomime no nothing no suspense no drama y you got to do a better job at making me believe you're an authority figure and a referee so i'll end it there after the match is over they needed one they needed a couple more partners uh jericho and omega needed a couple more partners for the street fight that don callis challenge them to kenny makes the announcement of a bushy decent reaction but then jericho said he had a bigger partner i sent in my uh i sent in my application chris it, it must have got lost in the mail or the tracking number must have been off or or whatever but uh chris didn't call me maybe maybe i'll talk to him on the cruise about that which i will be on i will be on the jericho cruise me and devon the first 3d at sea what am i talking about well, you'll have to be on the cruise to find out. Um, introduces the big show. Well, it's a big show. Uh, out comes Paul White, looking good. Little concerned about Paul. I mean, his knees, man, were really, really wrapped up tight with braces and wrap and and, and all sorts of stuff going on down there. And all he did was walk out on the stage and just administer one punch. So hopefully show is in good enough shape where he can get through this match. Is it in one week or two weeks, Andre full gear? I believe it's probably, is it in two uh, weeks? Two weeks fully. Okay. Thank you. So hopefully, you know, he, he can go. I mean, if you remember, you know, the, the latter years of Andre, when Andre had such a problem just getting to the ring and getting in the ring, oh, man, I, I, I pray that show is in good condition and he's feeling healthy and his his knees and his legs and his wheels stay up under him um, just because we want to see the best and hope for the best for the big show. Uh, Sheeta and Nightingale, good effort by the ladies, uh, strong match, did the best they could, a little wonky at times, but still good, but I was scratching my head, Andre, help me out here, uh, because there's so many shows going on, there's so much shit going on, that it's hard to pay attention to everything at times, didn't Willow just this past weekend lose a number one contenders match to Sheeta's championship? I have to circle back with Collision and see what happens. Yeah, there. it either happened on Rampage or Collision. She was in a number one contenders match. She loses. I forgot who she lost to. But now she got a shot at Sheeta's championship tonight. Didn't, 
didn't really make a lot of sense, but I like the effort by the ladies. Sheeta continues to get better. Willow, to me, has a tremendous upside. As I've said before, though, I just wish these talents had more ring time, more shows to work on, more uh, matches in front of crowds in instead of the sporadic once a week or every other week or even once a month. You have to constantly work to get better in, in this industry. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today.